a Monday morning, and you know what that means, dreamers. Welcome back to the Isolation Station of Love. It's me, it's me, it's the DOZ, Landon the Dawes Dome, joining you for another episode of Dawes Does Disney. Hopefully, y'all had a great week. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Dawes Does Disney to kick your week off right with a little bit of news coming out of the House of the Mouse. Once again, it's just me this week going solo. Steffers is still recovering from her universal coma. She did a quick turnaround, a maybe 36-hour trip down to Orlando to go to her happy place, down to Universal Studios, down to Islands of Adventure. I'm sure when Steffers does join us in future episodes, she will regale us of the wonderful time she had and probably throw a couple barbs at about how Universal is better than Disney. But, you know, again, as we've talked about on this podcast before, it's not Disney versus Universal. It's Disney and Universal. Plus, we all know who the true, I guess, villain is. It's Legoland. We're still coming for you, Legoland. Okay, no, that's not true. Legoland, get on in here. It's all about the love right now. And uh, before we get into the news from Disney, um, there's been some real-life news going on. A whole lot of real-life news going on that's been kind of scary, and uh, I know that this is where y'all come for Disney news, so I'm going to just say this at the top. Uh, Ukraine, you are in this podcaster's thoughts and prayers. Uh, Trans lives matter to this podcaster, and this podcaster is and always will be an ally and an advocate for LGBTQ. And that's all I'll say. And if you want to get into it with me, you can do that on my socials. Y'all know how to get at me. So with that said, let's go ahead and get in to the latest coming from the House of the Mouse in Orlando, Florida. I guess the biggest piece of news coming out of Disney is it is finally launch week, pun kind of intended, for the brand spanky new Star Wars Hotel, the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. We got press previews this week, and I gotta say, I'm kind of surprised. We got mostly positive reviews. And this isn't just coming from Disney blogs and Disney Twitter people, Disney media people. This is media people like ABC, which of course is owned by Disney. So I'm sure you can and probably will throw out your snarky comments on that. But like actual entertainment journalists, they seem to be impressed. And I'm not going to get into, you know, the beat by beat breakdown of what's on your schedule. There's actually uh, a... uh, There's actually somebody who was part of the media previews for, I guess, the grand opening of the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser. Her name is Brooke McDonald. She writes for a blog called Simply Most. She, I thought, did a very fantastic breakdown of what you can experience on the Galactic Cruiser without giving away too much... Uh, I guess of the finer details, she does let you know what goes on, what you can expect, uh, particularly if you're traveling with two smaller uh, children. Unfortunately, some of the more snarky people in the Diz Twitter community, uh, they seem to focus in on the fact that towards the end of her family's experience on the Galactic Star Cruiser, 
her children uh, got emotional and started crying and were making fun of her family, making fun of her kids, making fun of her for including that in her story. Um, let me just say this. If you were part of that group making fun of uh, Brooke, her family, her children, and their experience... Go ahead and hit stop on this podcast. I don't want you listening to my podcast because I know I had my hesitation and I had my qualms about the Galactic Star Cruiser leading up to its launch. But seeing those reactions of her children, if we can be drawn in to this experience that Disney is giving us, and yes, the price point still gives me a little bit of hesitation, but if we can be drawn into something like that and it can draw us in that much that brings some of us to tears? Isn't that, at the end of the day, what we're kind of looking for? These magical experiences from Walt Disney? I mean, I've cried on this podcast before talking about Disney. I've cried multiple times in the parks, just walking in, walking down Main Street, USA. I've teared up seeing my girl, the Epcot ball, be lit up in all her glory for the 50th anniversary, looking fine. I mean, just talking about it right now, the hair on my arm is standing up. The emotions that Disney evokes from us, that's, that's at least for me, that's part of the reason I love going down, lack of better phrase, my happy place. It's part of the reason I love going down to the Walt Disney World Resort is to get these emotional responses. So if the Galactic Star Cruiser can draw you in that much and it gets that emotion from you, I think that's a slam dunk. And I'm not going to steal Brooke's thunder, but I do want to read how she closes out her blog. And I think this ties it up very well. Y'all need to go check it out. Again, it's uh, from the blog simplemos.com. Just search for her name, Simplemos. It'll come up. Disney's new Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Check it out. She closes, quote, In some ways, the 45 hours we spent aboard the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser are a dizzying blur. As we race to pack up our bags to leave the room by 10 a.m. on our second morning, we realized we'd hardly had time to flip through the onboard options on our TV or talk to D309. That's the droid in their room. We also brought twice as many outfits as we ended up wearing, realizing that devoting even 15 minutes to changing in the room could mean we missed a critical story moment or an opportunity to interact with characters. And yet, at the close of our second night, as we watched fireworks out the windows of the bridge, during a cinematic celebration to the tune of John Williams' epic score, my boys begin to cry. And then I joined them because we couldn't believe it was over. In some ways, we felt that we were saying goodbye to a place that we knew so well, but we couldn't have possibly just arrived a day before. Through his tears, my five-year-old asked me if Lieutenant Croy, a member of the First Order, would remember him when he returned, and my eight-year-old demanded to know when that would be. Brooke then goes on to joke that she better start saving her credits now. Before we boarded the Halcyon, I thought I'd feel like this experience was missing something without some of my favorite Star Wars characters being part of the action. How could they create a Star Wars experience this expensive without including Darth Vader or Boba Fett, I wondered. 
But as I hid with my five-year-old behind a stack of crates to see what his big brother and Sammy, the ship's mechanic, were up to, I forgot all about Anakin. I forgot all about Obi-Wan and Leia. Because this time, it was our story. End quote. And that was just a small part of the simple most blog that Brooke put up describing her and her family's experience on the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruise. And that's what I'm talking about. Disney apparently has created this Star Wars story that is your story. And yes, we can talk about the price point until we're blue in the face. And I do think there is some valid conversation to be had about the price point, because I do think for some people, it's just unrealistic to think that it will ever be an option for you, unfortunately. But for those who are fortunate enough to be part of a, um, I guess, voyage on the Halcyon to a galaxy far, far away to make your own Star Wars story, it sounds like Disney, not only did they knock it out of the park, they knocked it out of the, out of the world. But Brooke talked about how even 15 minutes could mean that, you know, you miss out on interacting with characters. And there are some new, unique characters aboard the Halcyon that you do get to meet. Uh, some like, uh, like the captain of the ship or the cruise director. There are new droids like SK-620. Sammy, she mentioned the, uh, the ship's mechanic. Um, and then, of course, there are going to be some characters you are familiar with, more so from the new movies. We're talking Ray, we're talking Kylo Ren, or, you know, my boy Chewbacca. Chewbacca is wandering around on the ship, so I think that is cool. Um, so, I'm, I know, like I said, I already had my reservations and hesitations leading up to the launch of the Galactic Star Cruiser. But hearing everything from the media previews, I think I, I think this really sounds like a cool experience. Honestly, I think if Disney had done a better job uh, showing us what this could be and what this would be, I think a lot of people, myself included, would have felt more positive about this leading up to the launch. But I am glad for those people who did enjoy their experience on the Halcyon. I'm excited for those who have a voyage booked on the Halcyon in the future. If you, one of the lovely listeners, happen to have a voyage booked in the future, please let me know how your trip goes, what story elements you decide to get in on, whether you pledge your allegiance to the First Order or, or if you want to be a rebel and uh, and rise up and help the resistance, I want to know. And also, I, w- I, want to, I want to know the activities you have because, I mean, you can learn how to play Sabat. You can learn, uh, apparently, there's like uh, some space boot scooting boogie, which, I mean, sure, okay, I don't know if, if that's what I would spend, uh, you know, close to six grand to do if, uh, you know, go learn uh, space cotton eye Joe dance moves. But, you know, this is your Star Wars story. So if, so if you want to, you know, Learn what uh, what the sweetest space country dance moves are from Darth Brooks. Uh, let me know. I'm uh, I'm I'm very excited to see what comes from uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser. And apparently, one of the things that comes from the Galactic Star Cruiser is there's exclusive Star Wars merchandise, which I had no idea. Brooke in her blog talks about how there is exclusive costuming uh, stuff that you can buy, and it's uh, stuff as Simple as, you know, just t-shirts or stuff that you would get at, like, say, a party city. All the way up to stuff that would make cosplayers blush that look 
movie accurate. So I think that's awesome. But there's also uh, exclusive lightsaber hilts uh, that are now apparently on the electronicbay.com, aka eBay, because of course there is. Uh, Blogmickey.com has an article where a user uh, has listed almost four thousand dollars worth of star wars galactic star cruiser merchandise uh from what the user claims is a preview cruise that ends today we're talking uh from the screenshot of this one auction thirteen hundred dollars for the exclusive star wars intergalactic star cruiser halcyon light saber Hilt. Uh, unfortunately, you know, this isn't the first time we've seen people get exclusive merchandise at Disney or a Disney event and then put it on the secondary market. I mean, I guess that is their prerogative. They can do what they want to do. Hey, that's a song title. Uh, Blog Mickey also has another screenshot of uh, $1,500 for a lightsaber hilt, and that one's already been sold. Uh, the user claims that they are on one of the first cruises in March, and they will ship the lightsaber once they are able to purchase it. So, uh, at least in this one instance, the uh, $1,500 one, this person bought something that uh, is not in the seller's hands. So, uh, I guess buyer be where on that one. And uh, but of course, you know, if you don't want to. Uh, support this stuff and you want it to go away don't buy from scalpers but um i do what you want to with your money but uh staying in space uh we got another bit of space news some out of this world news if you will and that is an official launch date for a highly anticipated roller coaster in epcot we got a launch day for the guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind opening this memorial day weekend down at epcot according to a post from the newly appointed disney public relations chief jeff morell guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind will be opening over memorial day weekend now up until that point, we'd been told summer of 2022. So the fact that we now know when Guardians is going to be opening, when Epcot's new thrill ride is going to be opening, uh, I'm excited. I am very much looking forward to giving this coaster a shot. I think it's going to be fun, particularly if you're a fan of the Guardians, if you're a fan of what you've seen on the big screen from the MCU, from this ragtag group of uh how do they put a-holes? That's right. What a group of a-holes they uh, called them in the uh, Novacore. Uh, and speaking of, the Novacore ship is uh, going to be proudly and prominently displayed uh, in front of the Cosmic Rewind roller coaster. I think that looks cool. Staying in Epcot, we got an announcement. But we don't have to wait until Memorial Day for this to return because following the relaxation of indoor mask mandates, Anna and Elsa have returned indoors to their proper royal summer hoose meet and greet space in the Norway Pavilion. Now, you might know previously Anna and Elsa were meeting outside at the entrance to the Royal Summer Hoose. Uh, but if you want to get a meet and greet, still distanced, uh, you can now do that indoor with Anna and Elsa, and that is in the Norway Pavilion. Uh, they still got the ropes up, so you can't get up and hug on your favorite princesses from uh, the Frozen movies, so you still will have to maintain distance. But, you know, like 
I mentioned there have been some relaxations of the indoor mask mandate. So you could at least get a distanced picture, a distanced selfie uh, with Anna and Elsa. And that is in the Norway Pavilion inside now the Royal Summer Who's Meet and Greet space. But speaking of Anna and speaking of Elsa and speaking of Frozen, their attraction in Epcot was in the news for another reason this week. And it's because Disney is moving multiple attractions from the individual Lightning Lane selection to Genie Plus's bucket of attractions. This move is described as temporary and it took effect last week and it runs through August 7th. Like I said, Frozen Ever After is now being put into, I guess, gin pop when it comes to the bucket of attractions and it is being joined by Space Mountain and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios respectively. Those are now just straight up Genie Plus offerings no longer being offered as the individual Lightning Lane a la carte offerings. Now, let's let's head down to the sovereign nation of speculation nation. We already talked about Guardians of the Galaxy launching Memorial Day weekend. I think it makes a lot of sense that when it does launch, Guardians of the Galaxy will be available for an individual Lightning Lane spot. So I think it makes sense to bump Frozen down to the Genie Plus area, leaving a spot in the Lightning Lane that Guardians of the Galaxy can take over. Space Mountain, still a very highly sought after ride and attraction in the Magic Kingdom, kind of kind of makes you go, huh, that's, that's interesting. But what else is coming in the Magic Kingdom in theory, later this year. How about that Tron cycle? So again, it kind of makes sense for Space Mountain to go down to the Genie Plus area, free up a spot in the Lightning Lane area, and you can slide Tron into that area, assuming it does launch in the October 2022 window that we were told. Hollywood Studio, that one kind of makes me scratch my head. Unless I'm forgetting something, which is highly possible, I will be the first to admit that. I don't think anything's coming down the uh, the uh, pipe, so to speak, that would make sense for Mickey and Minnie to have to vacate their spot in the Lightning Lane area so this new attraction could take. Maybe... Maybe Disney just didn't see the need for Mickey and Minnie to be up there. They weren't getting the return on investment that they thought they were going to get on the Runaway Railway, and they just wanted to put it down in Genie Plus. That one, that one makes me kind of go, huh. But but Frozen Ever After and Space Mountain, because we do have two pretty big attractions coming in both Epcot and Magic Kingdom kind of makes sense. If I'm missing something in Hollywood Studios, please let me know. At Dawes Does Disney on Twitter, at Landaws on Twitter. Um, uh, y'all know how to get me on the socials, but uh, I do think that is interesting. Again, these moves are being described as temporary, went into effect February 25th, lasting through the beginning of August, August 7th. But Disney, they do have a... Uh, habit of revising their timeline. Speaking of revising their timeline, something that has had their timeline revised ever so slightly, that is going to be Expedition Everest in the Animal Kingdom. Now, right now, one of my favorite rides in all of Walt Disney World property, 
Expedition Everest, my boy, the Disco Yeti, currently going through some renovations. It's kind of closed. Closed at the beginning of the year, January 4th. Disney World's current website says it's going through mid-April 2022. But the internal calendar is now saying it will stay closed under refurbishment through April 30th, 2022, practically beginning of May. Now, in the scheme of things, not that big a deal, but the reason I'm bringing this up is the guest-facing calendar on the Walt Disney World website still lists this attraction as closed through at least April 22nd of 2022. So as of now, Disney has not updated what they're saying to the public, but internally, they're saying... This is going to be at least closed another week. Now, like I said, Disney flip-flops and updates their timelines as they as as they see fit, which I totally respect and I totally get because Disney uh, we recently saw they had to uh, flip-flop on an opening date of the Cali River Rapids as they tried to identify a reopening time frame for that attraction. Either way, Expedition Everest looks like it's expected to be closed at least another month and a half as Disney works on software updates for the attraction. And no, they are not updating Disco Yeti. Disco Yeti will not be up and running by the end of April, beginning of May. I want it to be happening but unfortunately, it just it just it just ain't gonna be happening. Not this time, guys. Sorry. I'd love to be wrong. If I am wrong, I will I will, I will gladly crow about it on this podcast because that would mean that the disco yete is no longer discoing, and he would be swiping at riders as they just come tearing ass through Expedition Everest. And man, that'd be quite the sight. But speaking of refurbishment, speaking of attractions getting updated, we are heading over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, some people refer to it as a uh, MGM Studios, you know, whoever those people are. But there are more elevator refurbishments taking place at the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror attraction. And, uh, Blog Mickey has a very interesting screenshot from thrilldata.com. At the beginning of the year, Tower of Terror was averaging anywhere from, we'll call it a solid 40 minute wait to on busy days of the year, we'll call it close to a 75 minute wait. Since it went into renovations where they have reduced capacity on what is normally a two track attraction, we're now looking at a minimum of 90 minutes to sometimes close to 150 minutes. This is making Tower of Terror one of the longest waits at Hollywood Studios, when it normally used to be one of the more manageable. I mean, nobody wants to sign up and be like, yeah, 40 to 60 minutes, I can do that. But when you're comparing it, I mean, average wait time from mid-February, it looks like, doesn't go under doesn't go under two hours except for one day. And when it does, that's just barely under a two hour wait for the Tower of Terror. And I haven't seen any update on when Tower of Terror is going to be returning to full capacity with both tracks running. I mean, obviously you want these attractions to be running at optimum 
safety, especially on something Tower of Terror where it throws you up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. But um, if you are heading to Hollywood Studios in the um, in the near future, uh, pack your patience, especially when it comes to Tower of Terror. And then uh, finally, I want to touch on something for the annual pass holders because uh, my AP is coming up at the beginning of April. I'm going to have to be making a business decision. And uh, we've talked in the past how it seems like the prices of the AP, they've gone up while they've taken away a lot of the perks of the annual pass. But in this one instance, I'm going to be talking about a perk of the annual pass that has yet to be taken away. I'm talking about some Disney annual pass holder magnets and some uh, annual pass holder exclusives you can get down at Disney Springs. Starting March 2nd, running through March 30th. So this is a time-sensitive annual pass holder thing. So uh, hopefully if you are an AP, you have a trip scheduled in the month of March uh, while supplies last, of course. Uh, At Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, pass holders can sip on the first class ticket. Now this beverage features Bacardi Tangeray Rum and lime juice topped with Fever Tree Ginger Beer garnished with an orange slice. Now, if you're a pass holder who wants to abstain from the spirits, you can also order the non-alcoholic version that features lime juice, orange juice, and ginger beer garnished with the same orange slice. And then also starting March 2nd, running through March 30th, this is where us supplies will be limited. Uh, we're talking Disney annual pass holder magnets. This magnet for the annual pass holder features Mickey and Minnie in their new updated animated look. Kind of has that iridescent 50th anniversary coloration uh, and sparkles. uh, So it can brighten up any car bumper or refrigerator. Though me personally, I'm a little hesitant to put my pass holder magnet on a car bumper because I've read stories of them uh, magically disappearing whenever you uh, park said car with your bumper uh, displaying your pass holder magnet. But I think this is cool. Kind of, I guess, they learned their lesson with the whole figment popcorn kerfuffle. The whole figment popcorn bucket kerfuffle. You can sign up for the virtual queue on the My Disney Experience mobile app for a annual pass holder magnet pickup. Starting March 2nd through the 30th, pass holders will be able to access the virtual queue once they are within approximately 45 miles of the Disney Springs by logging into the My Disney Experience app and selecting annual pass holder magnet pickup on the home screen. The queue opens up at 9 a.m. each morning and may reopen at various times during the day with additional availability. Pass holders should check for updates within the virtual queue section of the My Disney Experience app. Once a pass holder has successfully signed up for a virtual queue, they will be given an estimated wait time, which may be as soon as 30 minutes from the time they enter the virtual queue. Once a pass holder is called to return, they will have one hour to enter the queue at Disney's wonderful world of memory shop at Disney Springs. Pass holders who do not arrive within the one hour window will need to rejoin the virtual queue subject to availability. Pass holders should make sure that push notifications are turned on for the My Disney Experience app so they will be alerted 
when they are called to return. Note that return times will be available from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So much like the magnets in the past, these are subject to availability. But I do have to say, I like this system better than the previous one where it was, hey, go find a spot in Epcot where there is a line and hopefully they got magnets for you. Now I say that I like it better than the previous system, but I haven't used this new system. So I will be able to report back in a couple weeks and let you know how this goes because I am fortunate enough to have a trip scheduled down to Disney while this is going on and hopefully I can get my suite annual pass holder magnet and uh, hopefully this goes off without a hitch but there are also some other pass holder exclusives while you're down at disney springs we already mentioned the hidden menu beverage at jock Lindsay, the first class ticket beverage there's also the pass holder chocolate covered strawberry marshmallow gift box available for purchase at the ganachery while supplies last also pass holder props at the disney photo pass studio as well so it's not like they're giving us back the photo pass that is still an a la carte thing which Still kind of bums me out, but there are still some perks uh, for having your annual pass uh, down at Disney Springs in addition to the merchandise, uh, in addition to getting your discount on merchandise and stuff around the park and the park hopper and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, so uh, at least Disney's given us something, question mark? Anyway. Oh, by the way, the price of the first class ticket at Jock Lindsay Hangar Bar, both the alcoholic and non-alcoholic, is $14 plus tax. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Dawes Does Disney. Uh, thank you all so much for coming along for the ride. Uh, it always means a lot to me that you give me a little bit of your time every week. And, uh... Tell a friend about this podcast. Uh, numbers are getting kind of bleak, if I'm being completely honest. And, uh, oh boy, are they getting bleak. I'd like to see the numbers go up some, so uh, we might have to start doing a listener drive or something. Uh, yeah, uh, gonna have to do something. So tell a friend, uh, tell your mom, uh, tell your dad, uh Tell your enemies. I don't care. Just tell somebody. We got to get these numbers up, y'all, because uh, I know there's been a lot of change when it comes to this very fine podcast spot over the last little uh, bit. And boy, change. it. Uh, it's rough on all of us, but uh, I still enjoy doing this. Y'all make it worthwhile. Uh, y'all are the best fans in all of podcasting, and uh, it means a lot that y'all give me little bit of time you do every week. If there's a story that I hit on that you want to weigh in on, please feel free to get at me on socials. It's at Dawes Does Disney. That's D-O-Z-D-O-E-S, and y'all know how to spell Disney. Uh, get at me personally on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where you can follow me 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips, sit on your button munch. That's where you can find really outdated posts that I did in college radio. I have interviews with Futurama, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, 
Venture Brothers, and I also appear on the Phil Show, News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at News Talk 987.com. Also available in the iHeartRadio app and the News Talk 987 app as well. Also, go follow Steffer. She's at AsianaZing95 on Twitter. She also is at Adventures with Steffers on Instagram. Uh, Adventures with Steffers.com in your podcatchers as well. Search that, subscribe, leave five stars. Remember, five stars or GTFO for both her podcast and this podcast. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll get the band back together at some point so Steffers can tell us stories about how Universal is better than Disney and then I can get more angry messages about that. So I look forward to that in the future. Um, uh, next week's episode is going to be a special episode because speaking of Steffers, myself and Steffers, we've been peppering y'all with some questions over the last few weeks. Um... Talking on stuff like, is there a series on Disney or movie on Disney Plus that you, for whatever reason, never got around to watching until Disney Plus launched? You're like, dang, that's that was that was really good. Or is there a character that you want to see made into a popcorn bucket or a sipper or a park icon? Or if you were given the keys to Walt Disney World, what attraction would you bring back from the dead and why or to borrow something that Disneyland did and is currently doing if you could do an overlay on a current attraction a you know doesn't have to be a permanent thing a temporary overlay like they're doing for soaring over California at Disneyland or what they do for Haunted Mansion when they break out Nightmare Before Christmas what would it be and why we've hit you with, we've hit you with those questions uh, we'll call it the last month six weeks well it is time to read your answers next week's episode is going to be driven by you the lovely listener we have gotten a ton of responses and I cannot wait to read your answers. We've gotten some great ones, some out of the box answers that have impressed me. Remember when I said y'all are the best fans in the podcasting game? Some of your answers totally confirmed it and make me glad to do this. So next week, I look forward for y'all to hear what you have to say, but that's next week. So we'll worry about next week, next week, this week, let's, Let's kick this week off right. Hope you have a good Monday. Let's get through it. Let's be good to each other. Let's be decent to each other. It costs you nothing to be decent to each other. There's a whole lot going on in the world right now, guys. A lot of people are scared. You don't know what everybody else is going through. And the smallest gesture can go a long way. Disney and Universal. Pay your cast members. Pay your team members a living wage. Because they make the magic happen. We talk about how we love going down to your park. Steffers was at Universal this past weekend. I'm going to be in Disney over the next week. And I'm looking very much forward to it. But the cast members, they are the magic. They are the cogs that make these machines work. So Disney, that's what you can do. But what we, the lovely listeners, what I can do, we can thank a cast member. We can thank a team member. But even if you're not down at Disney, even if you're not down at Universal, what you can do, take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. Because your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Anyway, I'll see you here next week. 
for a very special episode of Dawes Does Disney. Well, I hope to see you here next week. And if I don't, thank you for coming along for the ride. It's, uh, it's always fun. Even if it is just for 30 minutes, we can hopefully try and forget about all the craziness going on in the world and we can uh, talk about as something as silly and as something as fun about news coming out of an amusement park run by a little mouse. So uh, until next week, you've been great. We've been Dawes Does Disney. No, I feel like I'm about to pass out. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was Love of the Mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything. I've just always wanted to say that. Thank you.